Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin, and I am not joined by anybody. I uh, I tried to get somebody for for tonight's show, and uh, I had somebody lined up. It fell through, unfortunately. Um, it's weird how weather sometimes can affect. <laughs> it's odd, uh, but but the other person's internet was not working, so and I wasn't able to grab somebody uh, given the the late hour. Uh, that I found out that that person could not record. So you guys are stuck with me. Today's show, though, I, I promise I'm going to make it interesting. It's going to be a little bit shorter. It's a Lakers off day. We haven't really heard too, too much. We've heard a, a couple things, a couple reports about Luke Walton. We're finding out that LeBron James might be out yet another week. Uh, the Lakers are apparently working on free throws. So that's going to be the focus. Those three things are going to be the focus of today's show. Uh just quick reminder, if you guys have any questions or comments that you guys want sent in to the or, or, or covered on the show, as always, send those in the form of a five-star iTunes review, and I will address them. Uh, but let's, uh, let's dive on in. I'm going to start with the free throw thing. Uh, there was all the beat writers and the beat reporters uh, were, were there at practice, and in what was a very thinly veiled PR stunt, the uh, Lakers who were able to participate in the practice uh, were were there shooting free throws around the gym. Uh, it was I, Bill Orams of the uh, of the Athletic was was one of the people who grabbed that video, <clears throat> and the and the stuff that you saw there wasn't particularly promising. So. I'll I'll fire out there. I'll, I'll retweet it. I wrote about the free throw thing for Silver Screen and Roll earlier today, uh, so you guys can check that out. But in Orem's video, like right at the beginning, Lonzo misses a free throw short, and it was a barely barely drew iron. Um, he was already walking towards the rim as he shot it. And the coach who was in charge of kind of getting the ball back to Lonzo, like, didn't say anything. He just missed the free throw and moved on from it. And and for the most part, like, it, look, this is a, a single free throw thing. And this is, I, I don't know how much work on free throws they do over the course of practice. And, and at the end of practice, it doesn't make too, too much sense to sit there and run sprints for free throws. Uh, but but with that said, like you you look around the the rest of the gym and the way everybody's shooting free throws, and it's just all right. Your turn to shoot two, my turn to shoot two. Your turn to shoot two, my turn to shoot two, and you just kind of walk back and forth b- between them, and and it's just it, it doesn't seem like the best way for the Lakers to address their free throw concerns. The, I, I I mean everybody here who's listening to this podcast and played basketball, they've had free throw practice sets that you that you work on right you you shoot your two free throws you run to the end of the uh, run to the end of the court and back you catch your breath a bit and then you shoot two more free throws and uh, or, or you shoot your two free throws and you drop down and you do five push-ups or, or 10 push-ups or 15 push-ups or whatever just to kind of try to one break up the monotony of just shooting free throw after free throw after free throw and two to not allow somebody to just get into a rhythm right because after a while all these guys are good enough to work on on just your your typical 
kind of rote memorization shooting where it's just muscle memory. You get into a rhythm and, and you're able to, to knock down, in Luke Walton's terms, 25 out of 35 free throws. I'm kidding. But but what it what it comes down to though is is you need to you need to learn decent habits, work on those habits, and implement them in shooting these free throws. And from what I saw there, I didn't see enough of that. I didn't see any coaching, and it's hard to expect any coaching when you don't have a shooting coach there. Uh, I, I just I wasn't particularly pleased by what I saw, and and for a team that is that bad. As bad as the Lakers are at shooting free throws, you would think that, you know, it would be your your work on that aspect of the game would be more than a PR stunt. So that's where they are. Uh, we're going to take a quick second here, and when we come back, I'm going to talk really briefly, or, or, or I'm going to talk about these reports about Luke Walton and and what by, what apparently is writing on the Chicago Bulls game, uh, what what might be going on behind the scenes here with the Lakers, uh, the the dynamic. There was Bill Orem again of, of The Athletic wrote a column about the dynamic between Jeannie Buss and Magic Johnson and and Rob Polinka and what that has to do with Luke Walton. So, so we're going to take another quick second here, and when we come back, we'll address that. Uh, after the game, after the the loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers, all, all of the speculation turned to Luke Walton. Uh, it was it was what does this mean for a guy who already was on unsteady ground with the with the Lakers in the front office? What does this mean for a seat that essentially got fairly warm as soon as LeBron James showed up? And so when when you have a disappointing loss like that one, obviously the 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 questions are going to turn to all right, what does this mean for for this guy? And and that's where they turned. Luke Walton uh, is is now apparently on a bit of a hot seat. Uh, apparently, there's a lot of a lot riding on whether or not the Lakers beat the Chicago Bulls by the time you guys are listening to this tonight. And like if you're if you're if there's a lot riding on whether or not you beat the Chicago Bulls, then your seat already is 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 pretty warm, right? It's it's warm, bordering on uncomfort, and or or maybe even beyond uncomfort. It's 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 now uncomfortable for Luke Walton to sit on his proverbial seat, and I kind of sort of feel like it should be right, like. This isn't to mean this isn't to say that that firing Luke right now is the call, right? This isn't to say that the Lakers ever, all of the Lakers problems will be fixed by merely fighting or firing fi- fighting firing Luke Walton. And with all that said though, he hasn't really like show me show me the steps forward that the Lakers young core have taken this year. Kyle Kuzma has gotten a little bit better on defense. Uh, Josh Hart opened up the season playing really well, and we'll see if maybe he can regain some of that steam after LeBron James comes back. If LeBron James comes back, uh, but Brandon Ingram is playing with a lot of the same bad habits that he's had over the course of his career. Lonzo Ball. I think you can make the argument that uh, 
he's almost taken a step back this year. I mean, he's worse from the free throw line. He is he's even more erratic shooting the ball than he was last year. His confidence isn't in a, in a particularly great place. Uh, he's he seems to be floating more often this year than he was last year, though that might be confirmation bias based on the last couple games or recency bias based on the last couple games. I, it, whatever it is, the the Lakers' young core, like only Ivica Zubats has taken a visible step forward from last year, but that was because he was borderline unplayable last year, right? Uh, and the 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 offense still leaves a ton to be desired. It, it, it's just we've we've reached a point in the year now where even with the injuries that the Lakers have sustained, they shouldn't be this awful in in the half court where to use I, I you guys I don't know if you guys love or hate my analogies but but I remember when I was at at SeaWorld I was a kid and uh, there was this one trainer who like after the show was just like off to the side and people went up and we were able to talk to this trainer about about what's it like to train killer whales and this and that and the other um, and we were talking to him, and, and he was – it was weird. It was almost like a, a post-game scrum. But they, he was saying that, you know, you really have to read the, the, the animal's body language because it's a life-or-death kind of thing. If, if you misread that body language and all of a sudden you jump out into that water and the orca did not want to do that, perform whatever task you were having him do, well, now all of a sudden you're in a tough spot, Right. And he was saying that, you know, on some shows, it's very visible that you ask them to do something and it takes a second for them to, to actually grasp what you want them to do. They look at you, they kind of roll their eyes, and they just slowly slip into whatever task it is that they asked for you to do. And and I'm starting to notice that a lot when the Lakers call sets. They come out of timeouts and and they just kind of walk the ball up the court. They walk into their screens. They the ball for a while there was really zipping around the court and and had pace on the passes. It, things were looking really good. But now recently, all of a sudden, they have slipped back into all right. I guess we'll run that set and they'll slip into whatever task it is that that Luke Walton wants them to run and and it's just the coach has to be able to to relate and and get more out of players than Walton has this year and and you know it's tough because the Lakers have had a a really tough go and it's a flawed roster even before you get to the injuries right and and the problems with the Lakers go way above uh, Luke Walton. They, if if Luke Walton gets fired, the same people who were tasked with putting this crappy roster together uh, are still there. They still remain, right? And and Genie Bus can't fire Magic Johnson, and let alone uh, this season in year two of Magic Johnson's tenure, right? Like that's that's not going to happen. So you start looking at guys who can, or, or people within the organization who can actually start to catch some of this blame and, and maybe it's scapegoatism or whatever. But I, how, how is it that, that Luke Walton hasn't, if he hasn't pushed harder for 
a shooting coach, then he hasn't also like you see it's either one thing or the other here. Either the Lakers organization want him to hire a shooting coach and he's reluctant to, uh, which would be evidenced by I think there was a tweet by Lakers Nation where Magic Johnson wanted to hire a quote unquote shooting doctor and Luke Walton said that he didn't think that that was something that the Lakers needed. Uh, or you or it's either that kind of scenario. Or Luke Walton wants to hire a shooting coach and the Lakers don't want to flip that bill, right? And if that's the case, then the Lakers' problems go way beyond Luke Walton. And it won't be solved no matter who walks in. Um, and, and so, yet, with that said, I just we, we kind of sort of know what Luke Walton is at this point. And it isn't enough. Either either the, the Lakers organization, either the front office, has to step up and, and step in and say, all right, it's cool that you, we gave you the opportunity to hire a, a coaching staff and you went out and grabbed all your college buddies or your playing day buddies, right? But at some point, we need some people here who have actual resumes. And if, you're, if they're going to do that, well, then that takes away some of the, the power, that the, the leverage that Luke Walton has. There's a chance he says, uh, no, that this is my staff, and, and you take her to leave it, right? And, and if that happens, then he'll just be let go. And so would, would firing Luke Walton fix all of the Lakers' problems? No, absolutely not. The, the roster is still there. The questions about, about the roster would still remain. Uh, would is there a chance that things get worse if they fire Luke Walton and hire, say, Jason Kidd? Yes, absolutely. I already had people messaging me when when I mentioned that that Magic Johnson is a fan of Jason Kidd's coaching. I got like four or five DMs and, and messages from from all kinds of people saying Jason Kidd would be an effing disaster. J- the players hated Jason Kidd. Well, then, all right. <laughs> but I'm I'm just pointing out names that that Magic has been tied to before, and and so is there is there a chance that things get worse? Yes, there's always a chance that things can get worse. That's what we've learned this season, uh, and and so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I don't think I I don't quite agree with those who are out there saying it's ridiculous that Luke Walton would ever be on the hot seat right now at all. I, I just I don't agree. He the, he had lofty expectations. LeBron James walks into an organization. You have you're expected to do quite a bit, and and he hasn't met those expectations. Not not all of that is his fault, but there are aspects of of coaching that he is he is falling well short on, and and it isn't just this year either. We're in year three of wondering when some type of offensive system might be put in place. Like we, we chalked it up previously to the Lakers just being bad. And, and I think that had a lot to do with it. But when you have a bad team, you kind of sort of need to make up for it with schematic advantages. And we've yet to seen that at all. Um, and so, you know, in that respect, and, and, and he's in year three of not having those schematic advantages and he hasn't done anything to his staff to improve on it. And it shows. So we'll see how things go over the next, especially week, if, if LeBron James is out for a little bit longer. And I'll, I'll get on, I'll, I'll start addressing that here in a bit. Um, but 
There are a ton of questions surrounding the Lakers right now, as a lot of people thought when when they went into this rough patch. So, so get ready for for, <laughs> for continuing to hear a lot of these leaks and speculations about uh, leaks and speculation about everybody involved. We're going to take another quick second here, and when we come back, we'll talk about LeBron James potentially being out another week. What it means for him, the Lakers, um, and and all that stuff moving forward. LeBron James is uh, scheduled to be reevaluated, I believe, by the time you guys are listening to this today. So we'll see what what actual hardline release that that is is sent out there um, gets how that's addressed. Shams uh, Karania of the Athletic did go out there and, and tweet that Rich Paul told him that it might be another week or so, uh, but that LeBron is working to to come back and and will go as soon as he's ready to go. Right. Um, so I think that's in response to speculation that LeBron, because he he signed the three year deal that he did and and passed up on the leverage that he would have on the Lakers because of that contract. Maybe he might be holding out a little bit longer to to regain some of that leverage that he lost by doing so, by accepting a contract under those terms. I don't roll. I don't believe in that theory. I think it's pretty baseless and frankly uh, a little uh, disingenuous, almost right. I, I, I think it's 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 not the kind of thing that I would I would I don't like speculating on on guys coming back from injury. It's just that's that's a road that that's a path that I want to avoid at all costs. Uh, but with that being the case, with LeBron being out for another week, you start looking around and and you start kind of looking at all right. Well, what 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 can the Lakers do differently to be able to bounce back as much as they possibly can with LeBron James out. And and we started to see it. Like that's why it was so frustrating when the Lakers took the step back recently over the last two losses that they did. You looked at it and you said, guys, it was right there. You, you, you had it figured out. Just run the offense more through Lonzo Ball. It keeps him engaged. And, and it allows Brandon Ingram to attack a moving defense. And then they – slowed down to a, a standstill almost against both Cleveland and Utah. And, and Luke Walton, when asked about that, said that, well, every time they tried to get out in transition, they were being fouled and and the, the play would stop and thus lose that transition advantage, which is fair and, and, and a tactic that teams are going to use against the Lakers though. <laughs> right. So, so it's not like, it's not like Utah and Cleveland were doing this crazy thing that is completely, um, unrepeatable that, that other teams might not be able to, to use against the Lakers. Like if I was playing against the Lakers, the only thing that I would ever be nervous about is letting them get out in transition. That's it. I'm, let them be in half court. They can go through any of their sets that they want in half court, and I'm not going to be too worried about it. But if you let them, if you turn the ball over, or if you shoot from deep poorly and you allow long rebounds, or if you just if you shoot poorly, period, and the Lakers get stops and turn those into transition opportunities, they're a vastly better team. But 
it's a, it's a, it with with the NBA there are multiple ways to stop them from getting out in transition and all these teams are highly focused on it and it shows uh, so what the Lakers need to be able to do is find some way to succeed in the half court even while they're the the sun to their their offensive orbit LeBron James even while he's out they need to figure out something and, and it seemed like they did right and and so maybe they can get back to that Chicago is a good team to try to do that against if there's a team with with an uglier I guess chemistry situation or locker room situation than the Lakers it is undoubtedly the the Chicago Bulls I think Robin Lopez at this point is is all kinds of upset because the Bulls refused to buy him out and let him join the Warriors. So that's and Jim Boylan is is this Hoosiers knockoff Hoosiers wannabe coach who wants to use this tough love to break down and build back up the Chicago Bulls. So they're a freaking mess, right? There's no reason the Lakers can't regain some momentum in tonight's game. And here's hoping they do. And if they do, and if they win decidedly, then it's it's that same kind of sigh of relief that we saw against the the Dallas Mavericks or after the Dallas Mavericks win. Uh, so it would be nice to have that same sigh of relief. Uh, the other thing that the Lakers are apparently really considering doing is changing up the starting lineup uh, to, to better figure out who fits well um, and, and start games better. And, and given how things have gone in LeBron James' absence, it's going to be interesting to see if they do make that change, what that means for the starting five moving forward when LeBron comes back. Like, I don't think they'll move Brandon Ingram out of the starting lineup. I don't think that's something that they're going to be looking to do. But if they do, well, what does that mean for him moving forward for the rest of the season, right? But if it's a, if it's a more... If it's a shallower fix that the Lakers are going to go with, maybe KCP and Josh Hart's place, well, then we'll see what that means for both those players when James comes back, right? Because that means whichever of those two players is starting in his absence, they probably find their way back to the bench anyway. So we'll see how things go. Uh, The Lakers have a very important game against the Chicago Bulls. Look at their upcoming schedule. It is ugly. It is It is brutal. Um, and and given it, given the fact that it looks like LeBron James won't be able to go for for that portion of the schedule, it, things could get ugly really quickly here. And so this Chicago Bulls game is is if it isn't if if a loss to Chicago Bull, to the Chicago Bulls doesn't get Luke Walton fired, uh, the the losing streak that might follow. Like they would have a two a three game losing streak going into a stretch where they play Oklahoma City, where they play Golden State, where they play, I believe, Milwaukee or Toronto coming up soon as well. Like these these are those are games that it's gonna be hard to predict that the Lakers win. And if they go into those games with a three game losing streak, well then those questions and that speculation and those leaks that I that I predicted and, and I wasn't alone in predicting them and we got over this last 24 hour period or so, that's only going to continue to get louder. So we'll see how things go. That'll do it for this episode of the Lockdown Lakers podcast. Thank you guys very much for listening. Pete and I will be back to talk about however the game goes against Chicago after the game against Chicago. So make sure you guys tune in for that. Uh, other than that, though, have a great rest of your day and make somebody else.